listening to The Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 35 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this just before Christmas in 2017 so that I can have a good week or so off for the holidays. My guest today is Lisa Hall, who is not only a best-selling author of psychological thrillers, but she also runs a new publishing imprint called Manatee Books. We talk about her writing process, how she balances her job as a publisher along with her job as an author, and the things that Manatee Books are looking out for. So if you're thinking of submitting to a publisher, perhaps in 2018, then do listen on. This podcast will be coming out on the 1st of January 2018, so I suppose I shouldn't go any further before I wish you all a very happy new year. Right now, of course, I'm recording this in 2017, and I'm still thinking and reflecting a little bit on my progress. In 2017, my main writing goal was to write two new novels and to finish, edit and publish the Worried Writer book. I managed one new first draft, two lots of major structural rewrites on old drafts, including Beneath the Water, and I wrote and published Stop Worrying, Start Writing. I also narrated the audiobook version, which was very enjoyable, but also quite tricky and time-consuming. It will hopefully be up for sale by the end of this month. My supernatural thriller is almost ready to go on submission to publishers. This is always a nerve-wracking time, and I'm very grateful that I have other projects to distract me. I also managed to get The Garden of Magic made into an audiobook, and I created a short story giveaway for my reader group sign-up. All in all, it was a really good year, my most productive so far in fact, but I am keen to improve and to make 2018 even better. As always, I have written down my goals for 2018, and this is also my third year of setting them in public. The added accountability of putting them out there really does help me to stay on track. I'll be putting up a blog post in the next couple of days, listing them all if you're interested. Just a wee overview though. So for 2018, my main goal is, as always, writing. I have said this before, but I will prioritise creation this year. I say creation rather than writing because while I want to keep novels as my main focus, I also want to encourage myself to try different forms and to create, finish and publish all kinds of things, including non-fiction for the Worried Writer site. So in concrete terms, my writing goals are write two new novels, write at least six articles for the Worried Writer site, and to try something different, something new just for fun maybe a radio play or a short story. I also want to get more efficient with my other tasks um, so I can free up more time for writing. I'm going to continue to use scheduling and using a timer, but I'm also going to try to batch similar tasks. Also, I want to be a lot more aware of my attention and when it is fragmented, as I want to develop my ability for sustained, deep focus. I'm halfway through Cal Newport's deep work, and it makes a compelling argument for this. In publishing goals for this year, Beneath the Water is already up for pre-order. It's out next month on the 8th of February from Lake Union. So 
On my goals list, I've got to create a marketing plan and follow through, including guest blogs and interviews and giveaways. I would also like to get a new publishing deal with either my Supernatural book or the book that I'm working on at the moment. I also have a goal to publish a new novel, and this I think is the first in a series, in a sort of urban fantasy genre I believe, um, through Siskin Press, so in other words doing it myself. I would also like to get the print rights back for The Secrets of Ghosts and publish a paperback version. I'd also like to get the print rights back for The Secrets of Ghosts so that I can publish a paperback version myself. My final goal from the publishing sphere is to get better at marketing and to work on my mindset issues around this topic. As far as learning goes, I had some great training on performance and presentation with the Scottish Book Trust in November, and I'd like to do some more real-life learning in 2018. I also need to consolidate the information I learned through Mark Dawson's excellent Ads for Authors course and to do more testing on various ads. Under creativity, I did do a wee bit better at scheduling time off in 2017, but there's definitely still room for improvement, particularly in scheduling full days in which I leave the house and visit a gallery or do something similar to that. I've added a new category this year under health. I really want to focus on my health this year. Since my children no longer require walking to and from school every day, and my job involves lots of sitting, I am keenly aware that my general fitness is declining. So, this year I want to increase my walking to an average of 10,000 steps per day. I've been tracking my daily walks in mileage for a while, but switching to total daily steps I'm hoping will encourage me to just move around a bit more and take regular screen breaks. I'd also like to do some longer walks and maybe some hill walks. I'm going to continue playing badminton and add in a yoga class or schedule time to do yoga at home. Finally, I'm going to do my breathing exercises every day. My last category of goals is community. Under this, I would like to get better at sending out my newsletter and increase the size of my reader group. I'd like to continue with the monthly episodes of this podcast and maybe add a Patreon account to help with the running costs. I'd like to get to more real-life author meetups for fun, friendship and support, and I intend to do at least one author event in which I read my fiction, which is terrifying. I'm also planning on attending my first professional conference. I keep swithering between the traditional book events, such as Scots Rite, or one of the more business-focused ones, like the London Book Fair. Okay, those are my goals for 2018. Now it's your turn. I would love to hear your plans for the year. You can get in touch on Twitter or head to the show notes and maybe leave a comment there. As I've mentioned before on the show, I love a shiny new year. And I'm so excited about having these goals, setting them, writing them down, sharing them, and really thinking about how I'm going to schedule them in, what steps I'm going to take. It's really exciting. However, I'm not quite ready to say goodbye to 2017 completely as I'm pretty rubbish at acknowledging successes and that's also something, it might not be on my goal list, but it's something that I definitely need to get better at. So just a quick mention of some personal highlights from 2017. Being a guest on the Creative Pen podcast was a dream come true. Getting a new book deal with the Lake Union being featured in an article about podcasts in the excellent magazine Mislexia, courtesy of Diane Shipley. Thank you, Diane. 
and having so many lovely interactions and conversations with listeners of this show. Thank you, everyone. I love this community and would really like to hear your thoughts on how I can best serve you in the coming 12 months. Let me know on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter or email me sarah at worriedwriter.com. And now it's time for a quick shout out to some lovely folk on Twitter. Sage Gordon Davis, who's at Ink and Sage, said, You've got me writing away at every possible moment. And when I'm not writing, I'm plotting and planning and thinking about writing. That's great news. Thank you for letting me know. Vanessa Robertson, who's at Ness underscore Robertson. Diana Anderson Tyler, who's at D Anderson Tyler, who kindly put the Worried Writer podcast in a roundup of top writing podcasts for 2017. Thank you, Diana. Lauren Finger, who is at Lauren Finger. And KK Ness, who's at Ness Writer, who said, Your podcast makes me feel like a whole and functioning writer. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for listening, subscribing, rating and sharing the podcast. I really do appreciate it and I wish you all a fantastic 2018 and a very happy month writing. And now, onto the interview section of the show. Lisa Hall is the author of the best-selling psychological thriller Between You and Me, which has a staggering 2,592 reviews on Amazon. This was followed with another thriller, Tell Me No Lies, which Heat magazine called breathlessly fast-paced and cleverly unsettling. Not content with a successful career as an author, Lisa has also crossed the divide to the other side of the business by founding a new publishing imprint, Manatee Books. Welcome to the show, Lisa, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Your debut thriller achieved incredible success, uh, so it sort of seems as if you were just born to write psychological suspense. What drew you to write in that genre? Um, I didn't consciously set out to write a psychological suspense novel. Um, I do read a lot of psychological suspense. That is what I like. Um, And I think I kind of wrote it by accident. I had the storyline and it just ended up being a psychological suspense. I just wanted to tell the story and I didn't even think about the genre. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go back to the beginning. Did you always want to write? I did. I always wanted to. And I I really loved English at school. And I was really encouraged by my granny. Um, But you know how it is, you find boys and wine (laughs) and going out. And then I got married and I had children. And it was that I think I used it as a bit of an excuse of I don't have time. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. Until it got to the point where the, the, the story that did become between you and me, I was thinking about it so much. I was nagging at my husband about it so much that it kind of had to had to get written. Oh, that's brilliant. So the story really kind of drew you, the story motivated yeah, yeah, you. Uh-huh. Characters wouldn't go away until I wrote, wrote the book. Uh-huh. And you and I first connected because we were both published by uh, Karina, which is now HQ Digital, uh, with our debut novels. Was your path to publication smooth? <laughs> People are probably going to hate me. It was ridiculously easy. <laughs> People are actually 
they're going to turn the show off now. <laughs> Are they throwing things? <laughs> um, I, I wrote the book. I wrote it. I, I spent about a year planning it. Um, and then I sat down and wrote it. Um, and I sent sort of three chapters at a time to my dad to, <laughs> to get him to read through and make sure, you know, this was actually okay. Um, and then when it was finished, I, I went back and edited, you know, the whole redrafting process. Um, I gave it to my husband and I don't think he really wanted to read it, but he did because he's a good husband. <laughs> um, and then I sent it out. Well, he said, yeah, do it. So I sent it, I sent it out on submission. I went through um, the writers and artists yearbook, picking out people that I thought it would fit. Um, and then about two weeks after I sent it out, um, the lady who had become my editor at Karina, she, she emailed and said, could she chat to me? And we had a little chat. And she said, send me the rest of it. So I did. Um, and then about two weeks after that, I was at work at my day job and I got an email from another publisher saying, um, we'd like to offer you a contract. So I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I thought, right, well, I'm going to email the lady at Karina and tell her and see what she says. And she rang me about an hour later and said, I want to offer you a contract. So then I had to make the decision. And I think the right one. <laughs> That's incredible. So you started submitting directly to publishers. You didn't go via an agent. Well, I sent it out. There was only sort of four or five agents that I I felt my book would be a good fit. So mm -hmm. I sent it out to the four or five agents and I sent it out to uh, Karina and a couple of other publishers that had uh, uh, open submissions. Um, and then I signed the contract with Karina in October and then in the December I got an email from my lovely agent Lisa Moylet saying <laughs> can I see the rest of it I was in France in a restaurant with no wi-fi had to rob some wi-fi and say to her look I'm really sorry I'm I'm away I don't have any way of getting it to you I'll send it when I get back and then um so I sent it to her when I got back and I said, look, you know, I've, I've signed a contract and everything. She said, let's meet, let's have lunch. So we had lunch and I was a bit, I was a bit unsure because I, I thought, well, I've signed a contract. So I don't, I don't need an agent. So I did, I did give her a bit of jip and I, I did say to her, what, what are you going to do for me? Um, and she just said the most incredible thing. She said, I'm not, I don't want to sign you for between you and me. I want to sign you as an author and all the future work that you're, that you're going to have. So I, I have got an agent now, but I did sign with her after I signed the contract and she's amazing. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I do. Um, I think get it, finding the right agent can be such a fantastic boon to, to your career, but also to your life as a writer, I think. Oh, she's incredible. She's incredible. You know, if I'm ever freaking out about something or if I'm worried about something, I can email her, text her, ring her, and she gets on the case straight away and she gets it sorted. She is incredible. I would never be without her. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. No, I definitely advise, um, it's something that I would always say to anybody listening that's looking for an agent, that you think about what you want from an agent, what sort of relationship that you want and what sort of support you want. Um, because, you know, it does vary a wee bit. And um, like like your agent, my agent is, yeah. uh, she's in it for the career. She's in it for me as an author. So I would like to get into the nitty gritty 
of your sort of author routine because I am obsessed with hearing about how <laughs> other writers uh, do what they do. So what's a sort of typical writing day and do you keep like business hours, Monday to Friday, you know, that kind of thing? Um, I'm terrible. I'm terrible <laughs> at keeping to business hours. Um, because I've got three children, I have to do the school run in the morning and then pick them up in the afternoon. So I have to cram quite a lot into those those hours in the middle of the day. Um, so I normally drop them off, come back, work solidly right through till I till I have to pick them up. I aim when I'm writing, I aim for two thousand words a day. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it doesn't quite work out like that. Um, and then I try not to do anything sort of in that period when the children come home from school till they go to bed. But then, yeah, I do end up, I do work Saturdays and Sundays, just especially when I'm on a deadline or if I'm in the zone and I know what I want to write, I find if I get up early on a Saturday morning, come out to my little writing shed in the back garden and spend a couple of hours, even if I only get 500 words down, then I don't feel so guilty about taking the rest of the day off and spending it with the kids. So, yeah, no, that's I think that's very normal. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh-huh. I, think um, I did start to try and take Sundays off um, a while ago. I thought, no, I need to try and have one day a week, which is actually off completely. But if I'm on deadline, then yeah, it just I find I'm I'm a bit stressy and moody. If I'm on a deadline and I know the next chapter that I want to write and I know what's going to happen, it's much nicer for everybody in our house. If I just come out for a couple of hours, get some words down, and then I can go back to being mum and be nice. <laughs> oh, I am I am agreeing. So I'm nodding away here because that's exactly I just I'm I think it's better for everyone if I've done what I need to do and then I can Yes. <laughs> But um, the title of the podcast is The Worried Writer. So this is the dreaded moment. (laughs) I'd like to delve into your struggles with writing. Uh, Do you ever suffer from creative block? Touch wood, not so far. I find um, if I come to a sticky plot point or, you know, I'm not too sure what I want to do with it, I will quite often ring my agent or ring my editor and say, can we just go through this thing? And I find if I talk about it, it will generally unravel and then I know where I'm at. And if I get stuck, I quite often go for a run if I get stuck. And then once I've actually not dying because I'm out of breath and my legs feel like they're broken, I can generally unravel things. But I, I worry about everything. I worry about where my next idea is coming from. I worry about getting my edits. I worry about will I get everything done on time. I am a very worried writer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, is there a particular part? You're saying that you don't tend to get, well, if you do get stuck, you've got some strategies, which are, that's great advice. Um, is there a particular part of the process when you're most likely to get most worried or most likely procrastinate or put something off? Would it be first drafting? Would it be editing, polishing? Are any of these parts of the process particularly difficult? Editing. I hate the thought of editing and when I, when I get my edit notes, I don't want to open the email and then I skim read the email and panic close it and then I don't go back to it for a day or so. But I find once I sit down, I'm okay. Once I make a start, it's just that thought of starting the editing process. It feels like a huge mountain. Mm. And then when you actually start, you'll find that it's generally a large hill. <laughs> 
not melting. <laughs> and do you start with the sort of really big stuff first or do you do some easy small fixes to get yourself started? Do you know what I do? I, I generally start with the big stuff, but I work from page one and work all the way through and do a chapter at a time, which can get a little bit sticky sometimes, but it generally all comes out in the wash. And then um, if there's little bits that need doing, when I get to that chapter, I'll do that at the same time. So I'm, I'm quite quite methodical in that I need to work through page by page. I can't, I can't do a little bit at the beginning and then go to the end and do a bit. I need to work in a straight line. Oh, that's interesting. And do you plan or do you make it up as you go along when you're writing your first draft? Oh, I'm a massive planner. Are you? Massive planner. <laughs> I was with the, with the germ of the idea, which will be, you know, either beginning, middle or end of the book. And then whichever part that is, I'll slot, slot bits around it. So I know... A beginning, a middle and an end, roughly. And then I'll start to go through and fill in little bits. And then when it comes to the actual writing, I will write a chapter plan, sort of three chapters in advance. So I know what I'm doing. I can't I can't write any other way. I find if I do it that way, I'll get my 2000 words done and everything's hunky dory. Whereas if I'm winging it, it might take me the whole day to write 500 words. So massive planner. (laughs) Well, it's really good that you found the process that works for you. Um, did you have any or do you have any recommendations for resources or books or um, techniques or anything for people listening for any part of the process? I think the main thing is whatever your genre is, read widely in that genre. Uh-huh. Definitely. I always find that helps. Um, Stephen King's On Writing was really helpful. And I think you have to kind of just try things and see what works for you. And then once you know, stick to it because you know it works. I mean, maybe that's just me. I've just got such a, I'm such a square. (laughs) I'm not good at winging it, flying by the seat of my pants. I know what works for me and I stick to it. And it it does work. So I think you've just got to be, but you've got to be open-minded. You've got to be prepared to try lots of different things to find out what does actually work for you. Uh-huh. No, that makes sense. And um, I would like to talk about the balancing time because you obviously you were saying there, being mother of three, um, squeezing things in around um, around motherhood is one thing. But then also, I don't know if you find it difficult sometimes to balance. There's writing and creation, and then there's marketing and author admin, and the yeah. sort of outward facing stuff. And then you've just made it all so much worse for yourself by also um, starting a publishing imprint. So how do you, how do you shed, how do you balance everything? Do you do scheduling or? I, yeah, I generally tend to um, keep the first couple of hours of the morning. I'll do admin stuff. I'll work on that because obviously with the, with Manatee books, there's a lot of admin. There's a lot of, um, you know, covered sign, the liaison with the cover designer, all that kind of thing. I tend to do that in the morning and then I'll keep hours in the afternoon free for writing. I mean, it doesn't always balance out. Sometimes I have to say to Liz, who works with me at Manatee, uh, I've got edits, I'm freaking out. I'm just going to give everything to you for the week and she'll deal with everything for the week and I'll have a week solidly working on my own stuff. And then obviously once my edits get handed in, I've got two, three, four weeks maybe to work solidly on the manatee stuff. So it balances out eventually, but it's quite hard. I've always got a to-do list everywhere, to-do list, <laughs> all over the place. 
Um, so I can work through and I know exactly every day what needs to be done that day and then tag my word count on the end. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Um, have you tried using or do you use any software or apps or anything? You know, you're saying you've got a to-do list. I've been thinking about trying like a project management app. Have you got any experience no, with any of those? I'm so old fashioned. I just like a pen and paper. I've got a note. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Covered in writing, highlighted, note, post-it notes flying out of it. But I know I'm organised in that notebook. No one else could know, have a clue what's going on in that notebook, but I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> I think that's why I was wondering because I, I'm paper-based as well and I love my journals, my notebooks, my post-its. Um, you know, they'll be pried from my dead cold hands. But um <laughs> I, I've been sort of uh, delegating some tasks to my lovely husband who does lots of my like tech stuff and my website and things and he keeps saying to me look it'd be so much easier if you put things in like a shareable app or something. Yeah I just it's the satisfaction of drawing a line through on the list I think is what I like about it. <laughs> no fair enough. <laughs> So um, if it's okay with you, I'd love to ask you a wee bit more about Manatee Books since we've uh, mentioned it there. Um, what led you to start a publishing company? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I must be mad. Um, I just, I've had a really good experience with my road to publication and the way HQ have handled things for me. I've had a really good experience. And I know that there are people out there that don't have such a good experience. So I wanted to set up something where... Hopefully, we give every author a, a good experience. It doesn't just, you know, it's really, really exciting when you sign the contract. But I feel like that excitement should keep going all the way through. And it's not a case the book comes out and you get forgotten about. I just want everyone to have a lovely experience. <laughs> We're so living nice. the dream, after all. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. But uh, do you also think that sometimes there are there's a lot of myths about publishing and, and not unrealistic expectations exactly, but, um, yeah, I think the main thing that people don't realize is, that, and I didn't realize in the beginning, I think people, people think you write a book and it gets published and you get famous and everyone knows your name and you sell a hundred thousand copies in a week. And it doesn't work like that. It is building an author brand. It's a really slow burn. And you need to be patient and not expect to be a, a number one times bestseller straight away. And you, you're in it for the long haul. Don't, don't, I would say to anybody who wants to get a book published, don't do it and think you're going to be a millionaire because you really won't. <laughs> not in the beginning, but just be patient and let things build up. And you will get there in the end. You will get there. But it just takes a lot of time. Mm. I think the long-term view, I think that's really good advice, is to look at that long-term building a career. Um, it's good for your sanity. Isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the other side when you have your manatee books hat on. Um, is it hard for you to switch between publisher Lisa and writer Lisa? or has it, Or are there sort of lessons that you take from each side? I think um, I definitely think it's helped me with my own writing mm. because obviously the, the things that come into Manatee, I'm reading with a really critical eye and straight away I'm thinking, well, how can I make that better and how can I make that better? And it it does open your mind a little bit to 
to make an improvement. So well, my own book, well, I've just, I've just handed in uh, my next book and I've just spoken to my editor and she said, it's a really strong first draft. And I think it's because I've really, I've been really critical and read it with an actual editor's eye when I've been reworking it rather than with the writer's eye. Cause you know what it's like. Sometimes you just cannot see where things are wrong. So it's definitely helped. It is difficult sometimes to switch between the two, but it has definitely helped. That's interesting. And how does Manity fit into your own plans for your writing career? To be honest, I'm I'm happy to stay with HQ while they'll have me. I've I've not set up Manity for for my own personal writing. I mean, I would never say never, but I think I'd like to keep the two separate. And then one day I might run out of ideas, (laughs) but I'll still get to, even if I can't write, I'll still get to be involved in books, in publishing, surrounded by brilliant stories. And that's, that's all I really want. Oh, that's fantastic. And are Manatee Books open to submissions? And what sort of books are you looking for if you are? We are open for submissions. Um, Liz, who I work with at Manatee, she is always on the lookout for good crime novels, um, she, I prefer the more commercial crime novel. She is all about the quirky. So if you've got a quirky crime novel, send it to us. But equally, if you've got a commercial one, send it. <laughs> I am I work on the women's fiction side of it, which I really love because sometimes with researching my own books, you get in a bit of a dark place. So it's quite nice to work on the lighter side of it. And I, I'm looking for good chiclet, nice holiday reading I'm really on the lookout for a good book club read um bit of romance nothing too saucy (laughs) (laughs) and for people listening um who might be considering submitting to publishers in the future uh, why should they put manatee books onto their list if they've written something that's um in the genres you're looking for of course oh gosh that's a really hard question I I have to just say because we're amazing um we really do genuinely want to give everyone a good experience so that would be that would be my reason for choosing Manatee because we really do want to make sure that at the end of the day if you're a writer and you get a, a, offered a contract to have your book published it really is the best thing that could ever happen in the world to you so we want to keep that feeling going we will work really really hard for you and that's it we are amazing <laughs> Perfect. Done. (laughs) Now, um, you've mentioned a couple of times um, sort of running out of ideas. And so because I'm horrible, I'm going to ask you about that. Um, Is that so is that one of your main kind of worries? with the yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. so you're not one of these people who just has ton like some writers have you know books lined up they have ideas coming out of their ears and is that is that not you then um I've always got ideas my phone is full of notes of random things that make sense when I write them but not necessarily <laughs> when I go back six months later I think I find when I'm working on a book um it's almost like the next idea cannot fully come through until that book is finished. So I've got, I've got a seed of an idea for the next book and I've spoken to my agent about it. And she said, yes, when you finally get the logistics of it sorted out, it will be a good, good story. But at the moment I can't, it's like my brain won't let me think about the full story until I finish with this book. So I do worry. I do worry that the idea won't come. Mm -hmm. 
but it's come it's been like this every time so I'm trying not to freak out (laughs) that's the thing the experience does help doesn't it when you think oh no hang on I felt like this last time and it worked out but I'm I'm nodding so much I'm glad this isn't on video and because that's made me so happy I'm exact I, I keep on trying to work on more th- I've tried working on more than one thing at a time fiction wise and my brain just seems to either do one or the other exactly yeah. what you just said I have that same experience I'm so <laughs> relieved <laughs> that's so funny but yes I definitely have found that these points knowing that I felt that way before or sometimes my husband will say no you said this last time and the time before <laughs> And then you think, oh, thank God. Thank yeah. God, it's normal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just part of how we do it and it will be yeah. fine. Um, in terms of getting ideas, I do th- I do think that it's important for us to kind of, like you were saying, reading widely, uh, refilling the well um, so that we are able to come up with ideas or get everything going on in the subconscious. Um, do you do anything in particular for that apart from reading? Do you go out for artist days or any of that stuff? No, none of that stuff. <laughs> I find headlines really help. Oh. Um, I'll quite often see a headline and I will think, oh, I bet that's about that. And it's not. It's about something totally different. But I think, oh, that's a really good idea. And, um, I mean, I've got I've got a few ideas on, on my phone in the notes. Mm. And one of them came from I was reading um, – a, a HQ digital book and I thought oh I bet I know what's going to happen I bet I know and that is totally how I would have done it I was completely wrong <laughs> completely wrong but then I was like, that is such a good idea that's going in the phone notes oh brilliant <laughs> so, the ideas seem to spring from anywhere I think mostly when you're not really looking uh-huh. that's when you get the little seed and you think oh actually that could be a story. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's exciting. And um, just to finish up, what are you working on at the moment or what's next for you? Well, like I said, I've just handed in my third book, um, which is a story that is quite dark, but I really love it. So hopefully everyone else will as well. So I've got my edits back for that. So I, I'm disappearing till the middle of January now. I won't see anybody. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. (laughs) So, and then hopefully, I mean, I think they've penciled that in for publication for early August, but there's not a set date yet. So provided I stick to everything, get everything done on time, hopefully it'll be out in the summer. Do you find that your ideas or story ideas um, are all kind of in the darker crime, psychological thriller genre, or do you ever feel tempted to switch Oh, well, I've, I have got a, a women's fiction novel that I've been working on for about two years, but it's that same thing of you can't work on two things at mm-hmm. once. So it gets, it's a bit neglected and I'll go back to it for a couple of weeks every now and again and then obviously carry on. But yeah, most, most of my ideas are quite dark, but I am nice in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and do you ever find that you um, self-censor? I've, I've very fascinated by this with people who do write darker things and I love the dark side of stuff um but sometimes I'll write something and I'll think oh gosh you know everyone's gonna think I'm weird um or you know twisted or whatever do you ever suffer with a kind of self-censorship like that where you think no that's too dark or that's too much and pull back yeah I have done before and I thought oh god do you know what that might upset people that's not very nice uh-huh. 
But yeah, yeah, I think sometimes you just have to let it out on the page. Because sometimes, I mean, if you look if you look at Cat Diamond, her books are really quite gory sometimes, but it works so well with the storyline, mm. it doesn't upset you. It just fits in with the storyline. So I think sometimes you have to let it out and just see how it goes. And if you read it back and you think, Well, actually that's even upsetting me, then tone mm. it down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So um, can I just ask, where will people find you and your books online? Oh, well, my website is really boring. It's just lisahallauthor.co.uk. And my Twitter is at lisahallauthor. <laughs> so, I tell you, I have no imagination. <laughs> no, but that, that's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> uh, and I, I, um, well, I'm guessing Amazon, all, all your online bookshops they're all there so I'll put all the links in the show notes but is Twitter the best place for people to connect with you is that where you spend the most time yeah, I do love Twitter yeah, me too <laughs> me too <laughs> oh that's wonderful thank you so much for your time thank you for having me I really enjoyed it thanks for listening today for show notes and links head to worriedwriter.com if you'd like to connect find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter or use the hashtag WorriedWriter. See you next time.